Tonight is going to be a little bit different um, than what I'm than what you're used to with me. Uh, it's going to be more of a teaching message than a point by point message. Um, but there's going to be one ultimate lesson that I want us all to learn and remember. So I hope this blesses you, and I hope you can take it to not just to use for today, but for the weeks, months, and years ahead. The message tonight is called, He's the Same Yesterday, Today, and Forever. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much. Thank you so much for the wonderful blessings that you've given us throughout our life and the blessings that are yet to come. Father, we just pray that you'd speak to us, that you'd speak through me. And Father, that at the end of the, end of the night, that your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, go ahead and be seated. Daniel is obviously in Guatemala, so I have the wonderful privilege to be speaking to you guys, and I'm super excited, as I am always. I'd like to start out reading in Mark 6, verses 30 through 52. So if you have your Bibles, your phone with your Bible on it, you can go ahead and look it up and follow along with me. Otherwise, it's going to be on the back screens. Praise the Lord. Um, But we're just going to go ahead and read through the whole thing, and then we'll get going. So the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by the boat, they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, You feed them. With what, they ask. We, had, we have to work for months to earn money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he's asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish looked up towards heaven, blessed them. Then breaking, someone say breaking, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed from those loaves. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida, while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hill by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble. 
rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once, saying, Do not be afraid. Take courage, I am here. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, for they still did not understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were hardened to take it in. You know, the story starts off with the disciples talking with Jesus, and they're telling him of all the wonderful things that they've done, all the things that they were able to do um, that Jesus sent them to do. So they're like, hey, Jesus, you know, we're doing this. We did this. It was so great. And Jesus is like, well done. Awesome. You know, I can tell that you guys are tired. You guys are probably hungry. So, hey, you know what? Let's go and let's go rest. We'll find a quiet place just for us to hang out as family and, and be together and we'll eat something and, and just rest. And, and so as they were getting in the boat and they were leaving, people saw them and chased after them on foot along the shore and got there before Jesus. You know, how many of you know that wherever Jesus goes, people just have a tendency to show up? Whether you want to be alone or with people, if you're with Jesus, people are there. That's just how it happens. So he's speaking, he gets out of the boat and he starts to speak to the crowd. You know, the disciples are, are sitting there and they're still tired, they're still hungry, and, and they're sitting there and they're like, oh my gosh, Peter, we've heard this a million times before, I'm still hungry, I'm tired, I, I want, I, 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 we need something to eat, what can we do, how can we get this to stop so we can spend our time with Jesus and, and do our, oh, oh, hey John, how about, how about, I guarantee you there's people out there in the crowd that are hungry as well. So how about we tell Jesus, hey, we should just send them away. Because then he'll give us that time. So they go up to Jesus and they're like, hey, Jesus, awesome word. You're doing such a good job. It's the best word I've ever heard. But hey, you know, it's getting late. And, um, you know, McDonald's and Burger King and, and, and Subway, you know, they're, they're about ready to close. So Hey, uh, do you think we should um, send them away so they can go eat and, and they can go rest? Um, and Jesus is like, oh, what a great idea. What a great idea. Go feed them. So here's the disciples. <laughs> Obviously misunderstanding them, misunderstanding Jesus. Because they all of a sudden start giving reasons why that's not possible. Yeah, but Jesus, have you seen the amount of people out there? Have you seen? There's no way that we'd be able to find enough food to feed them all. And on top of that, we don't have the money to go out and buy them all food. It's, no, it can't, we can't, we can't, it can't be done. You know, we do that. When God tells us something, when he tells us to do something, our response is all the time, most of the time is, yeah, but, you know, I'm just in high school. I don't really, I'm not a big deal. 
yeah, but I, I just don't have enough money, you know. I'd really like to help him out. I'd really like to give, but, you know, I, I just don't have enough money. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not educated enough. I'm not, I don't have a doctorate, so I'm, I'm not cool enough yet. So let them handle it, you know. Just, you know what? We really just need to get our butts out of the way because they're annoying. They do get in the way, and nothing but crap comes from them. So we continue to tell him what we don't have. But Jesus is rolling his eyes, and he's saying, that is not what I'm asking. I know what you don't have. What I'm asking is, what do you have? He already knows what you don't have. You don't need to tell him. He already knows. What he's asking is, what do you have? You see, we have the ingredients in our lives for a miracle to take place. But Jesus cannot multiply what we do not recognize. So if we want a miracle to take place, he's telling us, go and find out what you have, because I cannot multiply what you do not recognize. And I'm able for you to have a miracle, you need to find out what you need to recognize so I can increase. So Jesus tells the disciples to go. Go and find out what food they have. So Jesus is like, all right, awesome, okay. We'll do it, Jesus. I don't think it's going to work, but hey, we'll do it. And they turn around and look in the crowd, and they're like, huh. Hmm. There's a lot of people. You know, the Bible says there's, there's 5,000 people, but back then, they only counted the men. But it also says in the Bible that 5,000 men and their families were fed. So really, it's approximately around 15,000 people is what scholars have come up with. 15,000 people in this crowd, and here's the disciples, 12 of them. <laughs> and they have to go find food for 15,000 people. You know, so they're seeing this huge need. You know, when we look out, if... We look at in our community, in our state, even our country. It's not that hard to see the massive amount of need. But we look out at the need, and we're like, because I can't do everything, I'll do nothing. But that is not what God is asking. He's asking you to do something. He knows you can't do everything. He's not asking you to do everything. He's asking you to do something so that he can do everything. Ground floor, we can't do everything. We can't. But we must do something. We must do something. So they come back. After going out into the big crowd, they come back with five loaves and Two fish for 15,000 people. Jesus, here you go. This is what we found. We told you it can't be done. It is impossible. Five loaves and two fish. There's no way that 15,000 people can eat from five loaves and two fish and be full. There's no way. It cannot be done. We did what you asked, but Father, Jesus, it, it, just, it just can't be done. It's impossible. 
You know, one thing that I've realized is impossible is where Jesus starts. You might be thinking, yeah, but you know, how can I afford that car with no job? Fair enough. How am I going to pay for college when I graduate high school with no money? It's impossible. But you see, it's in those moments of impossibility where God does his thing. You know, I look back at my college, college experience, and in my first year, I went to Sydney, Australia, with $2,000 to my name. One of the most expensive cities in the world. What a smart way of thinking, right? It was so smart. I thought it was. And then right on day one, when I landed, $600 of it went to starting up fees with rent and all the other odds and ends. So I had $1,400 to my name after the first day. Wonderful. But as I went through college, I put my trust more and more in him. And as I look back now, I look at something that was impossible, that became a possibility. Because it says in my Bible that nothing, absolutely nothing, is impossible without God. Nothing. So God took what was not enough and he blessed it. He blessed what was not enough. Imagine if we start blessing what is not enough instead of cursing what is not enough. You see, Jesus can't bless what we curse. What if we stop complaining about, oh, I don't know, going to church? What if we stop complaining about school or the job you may have? Instead, we say, this may not be the church for me, but I thank God that I live in a country that allows me to worship and praise God. High school is not the best years of my life, but I thank God that the things I am learning here will take me into my future. I know this is not my ideal job, but I thank God that I can afford to drive myself in my own car to the movies with my friends. You know, some of us are cursing the very seed that holds the ingredient to perform a miracle in our lives. We're cursing that very seed, that very ingredient. What if we started blessing it? Imagine what could happen in your life. Imagine what could take place. Imagine what God could do in your life if we started blessing the things we're cursing. So after the blessing, God broke the bread. See, blessing is in what's not enough. But the miracle of multiplication happens in the breaking. You know, I don't know where you guys at in, are in life. But some of you are probably broken. Some of you may have had broken pasts. Some of you may have been hurt somewhere along the line. I don't know. But you see, the miracle of the breaking 
happens in that breaking. The miracle of multiplication, sorry, happens in that breaking. You know, and you're thinking, well, how can God use me? My past was so rough. I'm so hurt. There's absolutely no way that he can use my brokenness. None. Can't happen. My life is not pretty. Actually, it's scary. You know, I want to tell you about a story of a friend of mine that I met in college. His name's Dan. He's from South Africa. And in my first year, we were in class, and he told us his testimony, his story of part of his later childhood, going into his teen years. And the story starts out of that he was at home with his sisters in South Africa. And his parents were gone at work. And there's some guys that broke into their home. They took him and his sisters and tied them up. And he sat them down in front of his sisters, put a gun to his head, and made him watch while they raped his sisters. He then continued to see them take everything that they own in their house away from them. And he couldn't do a thing. Broken, hurt. He went on to live a life of not honoring God in his teenage years and doing some things that he isn't very proud of. But right now I can tell you that he loves the Lord with all his heart. He has such a passion for his country. He has such a passion for the people in his country, including those who did the things to his sister and him. And right now he is a youth pastor at a church in South Africa, preaching the gospel, preaching the word, feeding the multitudes with his broken pieces. God uses the broken pieces of our past to feed the multitudes of our future. You know, Dan got the verse in the Bible in Romans 8, 28, where it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. All things he makes good. See, God redeems the broken to feed the multitude. So Jesus told the disciples to go and divide the people up into fifties and hundreds. Have you ever wondered why he would do that? I mean, that takes time. And there's 15,000 people. And there's such urgent need. But that take. I, I, I've always wondered why he would do that. Because it does take time. I mean, what, we probably have probably about 50 here. Let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50. Awesome. One, two, three, four. It takes time. So I wonder why he would do that. You see, God likes to have a structure in place. He likes to have a structure and a system 
to hold the multitude of the miracle he's about to do. You know, God speaks to our church leaders, to ministry workers, to really anyone, and says, hey, you know what? I'm about ready to do something groundbreaking here. So what I need you to do is I need you to set up a structure, to set up a system in place so that when the multitudes start coming, you are able and organized to receive it. But some people, including me at times, have said, but you know what, I don't like that. You know what, that takes too long. I don't want to get my fish from that person. Judas, he's one troublemaker. I know there's something wrong with him. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm sure, Judas, I do not want to get my fish and bread from him. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I, I, I'm going to do it on my own. And, and Jesus is, is, is saying, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. Go do it on your own. I'm not forcing you to stay. But if you want to get under my will and my plan and my purpose for your life, you better get under structure because I'm not looking for someone that cares how the fish and loaves is given to them. I want to know if they're looking beyond and seeing the source from which those loaves and fish are coming from. So we have to get a structure and a system in place, and that's exactly what the disciples did. So then he does the miracle that we all know and that we all love. And he feeds the five, well, more approximately 15,000 people. But it doesn't end there. A lot of times that's where we like to end it. So he told the disciples, go and collect the leftovers and immediately get on the boat. Why would he have them, the 12 disciples, collect the leftovers? And have you ever wondered that, hey, there's 12 baskets one for each disciple. Have you ever wondered why? I mean, he's Jesus. He's God. He, he could make the right amount no more. But no, he chose for there to be leftovers. Why were there leftovers? And more importantly, why did he give them to the disciples? More than likely, the people that were out in the crowd were poor, didn't have much. Why didn't Jesus give them leftovers. But no, instead he told the disciples to gather the leftovers, go in the boat, and immediately start going across the lake. While Jesus stayed there, finished up the service, and sent them on their way. You see, Jesus, I believe, was sending them on a test. On a test to see if they would still remember the miracle of yesterday and today's storms. You know, it's just like us on a Sunday. We come to church on a Sunday and we hear such wonderful things about what Jesus does and, and we see the miraculous things that he's done and we see the things that he's done in our life and maybe even some of you get healed in Jesus' name. And we see that he, we get taught that he's our provider, but then Monday comes and we forget. And also we wake up and, oh, my back, it hurts again. It hurts again. And then I have all these bills. I can't pay for it. We forget about the miracle and the teachings of yesterday. When the very miracle is right there in the bottom of the boat in 12 baskets. 
So they set off in the boat with the leftovers. And Jesus goes up on a hill to pray. And while they're out there, they get caught in this storm. And they, want, they can't see Jesus, but Jesus can see them. And, they're look, and he's looking and he sees them struggling within the storm. The storm of today. And he's looking down at them and he's like, I see it. I wonder how they'll handle it. You see, Jesus sees our struggles. We may not think he's there at times, but he sees our struggles. But instead of looking to him, instead of looking at the miracle that's in our boat, we are so focused on ourselves. We're so self-centered that we are blinded by what he's done, the faithful God that he, has, that he is, because we're so focused on today's problems and today's storms that we forget to look at how faithful he has been in the past. But Matt, that was yesterday. Today is a new day. True, today is a new day. But I'm sorry, but my Bible says that our God is the same yesterday Today and forever. He's the same. So what makes you think that the God of yesterday who brought you through your struggles wouldn't be the same God today to bring you through your struggles today? See, we need to take the God of yesterday into our tomorrows. So Jesus sees them and he starts walking towards them on water. And when they see him, they're afraid because they know the God of the fish and loaves. But they've never seen him walk on water before. This is new to them. So when they see this man that looks like Jesus coming towards them, they think, well, of course it can't be Jesus because he's walking on water. We don't know that Jesus. We know the Jesus of the fish and loaves, but we don't know the Jesus that can walk on water. So it must be a ghost. You see, Jesus shows himself in different ways to us. And they didn't think it was Jesus because they've never seen him walk on water. But sometimes we get used to God showing us things in certain ways that we get comfortable with it. And then when he appears to us differently, we question if it's God. We get so used to singing certain style of songs. We get so used to sitting in the same seat, doing service in this way. And that when crazy people like me get up there and start jumping from one side of the stage to the other side of the stage during the song Alive, I mean, come on, if we're singing that song and if we're believing that he is alive in us, let's show that he's alive in us. So some crazy person like me comes up and it's different and it's crazy and we all of a sudden think it's not God anymore because it's different. Ground floor, God does things in different ways. 
He does miracles in different ways. He appears to us in different ways. But he is still the same God. Always has been, always will be. So he gets in the boat as the band comes up. And he wasn't disappointed with them because they were afraid of the storm. No. He's not disappointed that they're afraid. But he was more disappointed that they didn't understand the miracle of the fish and loaves. The Bible said that their hearts were hardened. They didn't understand that the same God that fed 15,000 people is the same God that could walk on water and is the same God that would get them out of the storm they're in today. And we do the exact same thing. I'm guilty of it all the time. I'm not perfect. But we look at our troubles today and we freak out. You know, when I hear people talk about life and experiences and And they're saying all these negative things, and I tell them, why are you being so negative? And they're like, Matt, I'm not being negative, I'm being realistic. I hate that word. I really do. I absolutely hate that word. Okay, you may be seeing it in a realistic way, but you're choosing to see reality in a negative way. Let's start seeing reality in a positive way and see where your life brings you. See where God brings you. You have to choose to see reality in a positive way. But they're out. They're kind of, oh, I'm not, I'm th- I'm not thinking negative. Is I'm seeing things in a realistic way. No, you're still seeing things in a realistic way, but in a negative way. You know, he's not here, but I'm going to pick on him, and I'm sure he'd be okay with it. But this past weekend, um, Josh Goodwin and I and his parents were up at Mackinac Island. And we spent Friday night there. And we are getting ready to leave on Saturday morning, and... Saturday afternoon, and uh, we're rushing to get to the boat dock because we want to get back here in town at a decent time. And we get to the boat dock, and we are in the back of the line. I mean, we are, the boat is a long ways away. And he's like, we're not going to make it. You see all these people? We're not going to make it. We're at the very end of the line. It's not going to happen. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. See, see those benches? Right there, I guarantee you that's an indicator of where they cut off the line. And we are behind those benches. We are not going to get on this boat. And we're going to have to wait an hour and a half before the next boat. It's, we're not going to get on. And I'm like, Josh, why? Why are you so negative? I said, we're going to get on the boat. He says, no, I'm not negative, Matt. I'm realistic. And I'm like, no, you're just choosing to see reality in a negative way. End of the story, we got on the boat. Because the same God that brought us to the island was the same God that was going to get us off. You know, but we freak out. We freak out about our hurts and pains. What we're going to do after high school? How am I going to pay for this car repair? We freak out, and we're freaking out about these things. And and God is saying, why are you freaking out? Why? Why? I am the same God that got you out of the previous struggles, and I am the same God that will get you through today's struggles. I am the same God that, he is the same God that got me through my struggles in my life, through my parents' divorce, through those, time, through those years in college. He is the same God that got me through those, and he's the same God that is getting me through my struggles today. 
ground floor. He is the same God who got you out of your brokenness in the past, and he's the same God that will bring you out of your brokenness of today. The same God that has brought you this far in life is the same God that will take you into your future. It always was God. It always will be God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I don't know if, if that's something worth praising God about, but that is awesome. I just think we need to give him a big shout of praise. You know, some of you with car problems, the reason why you have car problems is because when you didn't have a car, you prayed for one. Some of you have problems with your job. It's because when you didn't have a job, you asked for a job. The same God that was faithful then is the same God that will be faithful now. Ground floor, I'm wondering if you know this God, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I wonder if you know him. When I say if you know him, I mean, do you have a relationship with him? Do you know that he is the same God of yesterday who performed your miracles in the past? Do you know that the person who got you out of those struggles, do you know that it was him? I want to give you the chance, if you don't know him, to get to know him today. We have one chance on this earth. The moment we die, that's it. Our, our name is sealed in the book of life or in the book of death. So we have to make that decision while we're here. You know, you might be in a position where you've never made that decision. You've never made that decision to say, you know what, Jesus, yes, I will follow you because you are the Lord of my life. And some of you may be here, yeah, you know, I made that decision a long time ago, but I've kind of walked away. I kind of stopped living for him. If, that, if any of those circumstances matches with you, I want to pray for you today. So if you could all bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want you to search your heart. And the count of three, I'd just like you to raise your hand if you want to make that decision to either come back to him or come to him for the first time. And we'll pray with you right now as a family and as a group of believers. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Awesome. Everyone's here saved. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are the God of yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you, Jesus, that you have healed our broken past.